Welcome to the Can Cook Podcast. It's the most wonderful time of the year, and we're taking a break from our usual focus on family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new here, welcome. You've picked a great time to jump in. This content is great for any age during the holiday season, and we hope it helps you focus on what Christmas should really be about, the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, Christmas music is playing all around Kanakuk Landon. We hope that it starts playing in your hearts today. Welcome to our Christmas mini-series, the first of two Christmas episodes to bring Christmas this year into your heart, into your home, with Jesus being the reason for this season. Bethany, you've got it. And being from Branson, you know that Christmas starts about October 1st around here. Yes, yes. <laughs> There's so many Christmas lights all over this town. In fact, at Silver Dollar City, there are miles and miles and miles, literally, of lights. Yes, six million lights, I think, Joe. Is that what they're saying? Yes, there? six million. We're into Christmas around here already. We've already been in it for a long time, <laughs> being from Branson. But today, Bethann, this has never happened before, and I don't know if it'll ever happen again around here, but we have got some amazing women that we've invited to our studio. In fact, I can't use enough superlatives to describe the ladies that are in our little studio today. These are the wives of some of our camp directors who serve here in the ministry in various capacities, directing and operating our camps for girls and younger women. What a team we've got today, Beth. It is a party in here, Joe. I'm I'm honestly just like trying to keep myself together because some <laughs> of my favorite people are sitting around the table today. So I'm going to go ahead and introduce three of our guests, and then, Joe, I'll let you take the second half. But sitting to my right, Joe, is one of my favorite people in the world. She hired an 18-year-old little college girl 16 years ago to come and join the team at K-West, and now she's become a dear, dear friend that really is more like family. Yes. She did? She did. Oh, my she goodness. Did. I didn't know I don't know, I don't know why, but she did. And so it's, <laughs> she it's, did get on that one. it's continued to be such <laughs> a fun choice. friendship. And so she is the Senior Women's Director over at K-West with her husband, Ward. She's been on the podcast several times. And not only is she an incredible mom, but she is now a grandmother. She added little Drew to the family. Um, so this will be first Christmas with him, which I know will be so fun. And she is blessed with the gift of joy. Yes. Uh, Beth 100%. Weeby is like none other. If you hear some bubbling going on, it's constant with yes. Beth Weeby. Yes. And then next up, Melissa Houston, another dear, dear person in my life. Joe, I don't know if you know this, but I actually lived with Matt and Melissa and their family for nine years when I moved full time to Branson. That's awesome. And so they are truly family. And I've gotten to even share in some of their Christmas traditions just being around their home. So we get to be teammates over at K1, mm. um, which I love and wouldn't want to do it with anybody else. And so we get to hang out in the summer. And then she is mom to six amazing kiddos, nine to 19 years old. So she's got the whole whole gamut there that she's I raising. Think, I think Melissa Houston is the closest thing to superwoman of anybody I've ever met in my life. She raises six amazing kids. I agree. And she directs with you K-1. And I've, I've remarked on this show many times about when I take my grandkids to K-1 girls, incredible feeling of safety and of care and of nurturing and of love that I feel as a grandpa. Um, I am a big fan. Oh, I tell people all the time, anytime that I get to step in and help be Aunt B.A. and when Matt and Melissa are out of town, 
I walk away with the utmost respect. I'm like, I don't know how she thinks about anything else. And the fact that you do, Melissa, we love and treasure you. And then next on my list, Rachel Wilkins, who in the last few years has become a dear friend. She is married to Connor Wilkins, my other teammate at K1. And Joe, you know Rachel. She was on staff at K2. And she is one of the most electric, fun, high energy, passionate, sold out for Jesus people that you'll ever meet. She just lights up the room um, when she walks in. So she gets to hang around K1 and be on our team. And then also she is in the Sight and Sound productions here in town. So if you're ever in Branson, go see her, Sight and Sound. But um, it is a joy to have you on the podcast today, Rachel. The Esther show in town this Christmas is phenomenal. It's a gigantic stage. Uh, It's like five Broadway stages in one production. And Rachel plays about 23 different parts. Amazing. She's learned all. And sometimes, Joe, she gets into situations backstage where she's wrangling goats. So if you know, maybe off the podcast, ask her about the time she had to uh, wrangle a, a stray goat on set. Yeah, she's got sparkle. And, oh, my goodness, I get to introduce Kat Hampsh. Kat and Chad, her sweet little husband, have helped Keith Chancey and Karen run K7 since the beginning, I think. And not only does she do that at helping run K7, but in the wintertime, she and her husband and team run the Kennecook Institute. And Kat is precious. She's humble. Uh, she's a mom of wonderful children that I know really, really well. She's got a bit of that superwoman thing also. Absolutely. I don't know how, you know, mommies do it, raising kids and being great professionals. And, uh, and one other thing, they always have their home open. I'm hearing people all the time, oh, we're, the Hampshires are having us over tonight, or they have staff in town. Yeah, we're staying at the Hampshires. And so just incredibly generous with their time and their family and their home. Yeah. And then we have grown to love in the last couple of years a new uh, director and director's wife, uh, Emily Sizelove. Emily and Jake helped run uh, K-Country. And she, too, mom of wonderful children, aged five, three and one, met her husband, Jake, who helps direct K-Country at camp. Camp couple, camp romance, and destined for success. And then another little rock star around here, Rachel Sparks. Rachel and Colin uh, have run K-Country for the last, I don't know how many years. And they run a fabulous operation uh, for younger kids. And Rachel's not only great with little kids, but she's great with our staff. She's a mentor and a uh, Bible study leader for our K-Country staff. And she also has really good kids. So, Beth, and let's get Christmassy around here. Let's do it. All right. Well, today we are talking about Christmas traditions in the home and with your families. And we hope that today just serves as a time to warm your hearts and maybe put a spark in your Christmas fireplace of home um, as you get ready to hang your stockings and roast the marshmallows and let all the festivities begin. So we're going to kick off in hopes to make this a Christmas um, that will be memorable and one that you won't forget. So, Joe, why don't you kick us off with our our first guest today? Okay. Well, the sparkle 
of Kanakuk herself, Rachel Wilkins. Oh, my goodness. I wish you were in the studio watching this girl light up the room. Rachel, talk about Christmas traditions as you grew up and things that you're going to take to the next generation in your home uh, that make Christmas special in your little home. Yes. So we love Christmas. My family, we are we like to say we're like the big fat Lebanese Christmas because we love Christmas and there's a lot of us and we're loud and Lebanese and we love food. And so it's just like, it's a crazy time. And we have a lot of sentimental traditions, but I figured I'd just start us off with a fun one. A lot of families probably have a version of like gingerbread contests, but ours is intense. <laughs> like it is crazy. And we think about it all year round. So like you pick a cousin basically. And towards the beginning of the year, you find your partner and then you start honestly praying and brainstorming for like your idea and your theme. And then you have the year to gather your supplies. And um, there's like no limit. You can do real things, fake candy, whatever. And then there's one day before Christmas where all the cousins and the aunt, everyone participates. And uh, you have, I think last year we had four hours. That's like the time limit. Like Joe, it's extensive and it's all day long. And you create this like epic thing. I mean, they're not just little, it's like a village. And then my grandpa kind of officiates and then we bring in a judge and then there's a winner every year. And in a very humble spirit of Christmas, my cousin Ben and I did win last year. (laughs) It was fun. We did a car wash and it was crazy. Okay. It was so cool. We had like little twizzlers like hanging down for the things, you know, that like dry your car. It was fun, but it gets competitive and people do get their feelings hurt. So it's it's a <laughs> it's a good time. How many cousins are in the whole clan? In the whole clan, like twenty seven, wow. but they don't all. I think so. Maybe it's a little more than that. But for this, less than that. Cause not all of them get to come to that day. So yeah, that sounds like a absolute blast. It's fun. I can't wait to see pictures of, of this year. Do you already have your idea? I know you probably can't release it. I cannot release it to the public as of yet for fear that other cousins might be listening because <laughs> you do keep it a secret. But I'm we're debating between two. Let's just say that. Okay. Both are winners. So we'll see. <laughs> That is I love this. Rachel, I have a question for you. Oh, sure. Does one person, like, does grandma get to keep all of these creations and display them like a little village, or do you take them home individually? Because that would be a really fun, but very large display. It, they are so large that they actually are immovable. So... My grandma and grandpa, we call them Lovey and Papa, and they keep them in the garage until they kind of start to get gross and then they get thrown away. And is there one cousin you hope that it's not your partner? No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to answer that. (laughs) Okay, I won't answer that, but some are more gifted than others in certain creative elements. Yes. Nice way to say it. That's awesome. I love it. Well, Emily, let's move on uh, to talking about the Size Love family. And like Joe said, you have your hands full with some little ages five and under. And so how are you and Jake trying to create traditions that are fun, but also help teach your kids about Jesus and how he is the reason for the season? Well, I actually come from a family coming off of Rachel, a lot different than Rachel's. I grew up with zero cousins. So as far as Christmas, it's always been a very small, intentional 
pretty quiet time. Um, and honestly, right now with our kids so young, we're really in the thick of the little years and all of our families out of state. So we do a lot of traveling for Christmas. But the one thing I really did want to share that I was excited to share about was actually something my mom started about five years ago. It was really important to her for us to all get together and have like a reflection time for each year. So this started in like 2018 or 2019. And it was really based on, for my mom, the story of the garrison demoniac when that seems, I mean, that's very not Christmassy, but you have Christ who heals this demon possessed man. He casts these demons out and he asks, after he is healed, he asks Jesus if he can accompany him can I go with you? I want to accompany you. And Jesus responds and he says, no, he says, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he, the demoniac went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis all the great things that Jesus had done for him. And the people were amazed. So for my mom, for her, it was like, I want us to all get together and just report to each other the great things that God has done um, in our lives this year. So for context, I'm the youngest of three. My two older siblings are both married, all have kids. So that kind of fills you into our season of life. So we're all in our thirties, have young kids, all believers. And so it is a really special, unique context. And so my mom will send us a text and I have it here. I just showed Rachel. It's a super long text of all these questions that she wants us to kind of be thinking through and reflecting on before we gather and meet and share. And so it's really, it's a blessing for everyone individually as we all get to put in the time to personally reflect on our year, but then even more so just a blessing for our family to get to just hear from, from everyone. So I was going to share a couple of these questions Please that so there curious. are so many. So I was just going to like, I kind of highlighted a couple of them. So she'll send these out. We have like a month. Everyone kind of takes notes and mm -hmm. we prepare beforehand. And this usually takes about like three to four hours. It's like a big ordeal. And it's just my mom's and my mom and my dad. It's just under their amazing leadership. But um, questions, examples um, of questions are, what has God been teaching you? What are you learning about yourself? And what are you learning about the triune God? Where have you seen God give you courage for a hard task? Or where do you need courage for a hard task? Where have you experienced fear, worry, or anxiety? Where have you seen um, God give you strength and endurance for a difficult situation? What's been surprisingly wonderful? What's been disappointing? Where have you seen God's kindness? Where have you seen God's mercy? I mean, that's just an example of questions we just get to think on and ponder on and then all share. And there's usually a lot of tears and laughter. And this is through the context of a family. Where the last couple of years, we have undergone a lot of different types of suffering. And so it's just a very uniting, God-honoring, just life-giving time. And so my mom and my dad, they put in a lot of effort and intention to make sure we do this every year. It'll be either be Thanksgiving or Christmas, depending on when we all get together. So that's our favorite that thing. And our incredible. hope is that we get to like, can bring that on, like continue that on. Our oldest granddaughter right now is 10 years old. And so she'll sit in sometimes, but the hope is grandkids can sit in and 
we all continue it with our with Can our families. Can we steal that idea from you? Will you <laughs> Please, that be okay? uh, yeah. I told my mom, I was like, I'm so excited to share today, just kind of what you've started for our family, and so really I feel thankful like everybody for her. Just took out like a notepad, and we're like, okay, we're trying <laughs> well, this at Christmas. So. This is my mama. I think we all need those questions. I know. I send them. On. They're great, like discipleship questions. Yeah. They're they're awesome questions. So yeah, that's probably our favorite. I love that. Okay, Melissa Houston. Okay, I'm inspired. I can't wait for my kids to be old enough to to be able to unpack that. I'm going to steal that for yeah. sure. So um, my traditions might seem a little bit more superficial now after going. No, 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 no. But uh, yeah, yesterday in church, Kat's husband, Chad, was um, preaching and he said, traditions are good until we lose why we have them. And so knowing that this conversation was coming up today, um, I got to have a conversation around the dinner table with my family last night about traditions. And there have been traditions we've done in our family that we have lost sight of. And so we have aborted them at times or stop them for a little bit. But um, so getting to talk to my kids about why do we do the things that we do um, specifically around Christmas time. And I loved their answers. My 12 year old said, Jesus. And I was like, well, this is that one time where Jesus isn't the answer. <laughs> so they um, they went around and they talked about how traditions make them feel safe and it makes them feel known and it makes them feel close to their family and to their siblings. And so that for me was really inspiring to keep doing the ones, even maybe the ones that are um, take a little bit more time or preparation or brain space for me to prepare for. So some things that we do and that we've picked up randomly or intentionally over the last few years, we do Secret Santa. So my kids draw names. And we did that this week. And so they all have their person that they will shop for. And it is the most intentional thing. Four years ago, my daughter bought a snow globe and it was the third snow globe because my son kept getting his snow globes broken. And when he opened it... He got it in Chicago on a trip with his dad. And so, and it was a, a Chicago snow globe and it, he was crying. Then everybody in my family was yeah. crying. <laughs> it was the sweetest moment. And so, um, so those are very intentional with how they shop for their sibling and, and, and not all of them have money. So they do chores around the house to earn money, to be able to spend it um, on their sibling. They all have a Christmas Eve slumber party. So they make a big pallet and all mm-hmm. sleep together and watch movies together. And I mean, my nine-year-old is, just as excited to be with her 19-year-old sister. It's, it is really fun. They, of course, they get Christmas pajamas. Um, we always go to the Christmas Eve service. Um, they get a special ornament from one of their aunts each year um, until their 18th birthday, so they all have a box of ornaments. And then one thing that we've done that this is one that we've had to stop, and it reminds me of what Chad said in church yesterday. Um, we do an Advent calendar, and every day there's just something that we get to do as a family. And and when they were little, small things were the biggest deal. Like, we're going to make cookies tonight, and that was fun. And when they got older, it was like, oh, we're making cookies again. <laughs> or it was like the Advent is going to watch our sibling play their game. What? And I'm like, that's a family. You know, so they lost sight of what that Advent was, like a moment to come together and unite and be together. So there have been years that we've said, all right, we're putting the Advent calendar up and we're not doing it. You miss out on all the other treats that were, that were coming your way because you can't appreciate today in the preparation. So the Advent calendar, which we will bring back out, and they've learned. 
you get excited about no matter what mom says. <laughs> um, and then uh, we read Luke 2 on Christmas Eve. And um, at my kids' school, they have all memorized Luke 2. And so last night around the dinner table, they all started talking and saying it. And some of them knew it better than others. But they've memorized it. And so now they lead it. And, and I just get to sit back and listen to those words come out of their mouth. And then Is that um, the Luke chapter 2? Luke chapter 2. Christmas story. Oh, mm-hmm. it's so good. Yes, and then after Christmas, we have them write a letter to themselves or just a letter about um, their year, and so they put it in their stockings. So when we pull their stockings out, they have letters over the years. Now, some of sometimes, you know, they would write, here's my wish list for the Christmas. I didn't get this one. But sometimes it really is intentional things that they um, have looked back on. And those are really fun to pull out. And my dad, he passed away three years ago. And we never knew he would do this, but he would always just drop little notes in there. So all they each have just little notes that my dad and some of them are pictures that he would draw of them or um, little notes, but they were in his stocking. So every year they pull them out and get to look and read their letters from, you know, from when they were six years old to where they were 15 years old. So letters and then some quirky um, traditions that my kids have actually started. We homeschooled for a while, and so we would do Christmas around the world. And they learned that in Germany, you have... Um, a Christmas pickle. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so every year somebody's like, where's the pickle? There's this ornament and it gets put in. Yeah, you hide it on the tree. Yes. And then we were stuck. Yeah, a yes. pickle on the tree. A pickle on the tree. What and so whoever, idea. yeah. Um, and then in France, <laughs> um, there's Papa Noel and they put their shoes out and you get candy. So they... I think that this was um, a revolt against us. Christmas night, they're like, our shoes are out, mom and dad, and they want candy in it the next day. So we play along with that one. And then we were suckers, and we did the elf on the shelf. Oof. (laughs) (sighs) So um, that's one my kids really hold on to, but now they run it. The older ones, they own that. I refuse to come up with creative ways, but that's really fun for them to get creative and do something different. And then we'll do family binge um, nights or, you know, over Christmas break, we'll pick a movie series. Melissa, your family makes a big deal out of Christmas. I love the thinking behind that. I'm thinking too, there used to be, Joe, a lot of you moms were a part of it, a little like neighborhood Christmas Mm -hmm. show in the Canicook Chapel. And so all the kids would kind of play different parts. There'd be Mary and Joseph and those that were little, that were the sheep and the animals. And they've all kind of grown out of that. But it was a really sweet tradition when they were were little. Yeah, those memories pop up sometimes and we'll see Mm -hmm. pictures. Yes. Bev, moving on. I know you guys, the Weebies, love tradition. And so we'd love to hear about yours. And then maybe now that you've got a grandbaby, what traditions you hope his family carries on. Well, that's kind of fun, Bethann. It's it's really exciting for me. Joe, we're entering 36 years of marriage now. And so looking back, I look at Rachel Wilkins going on year number one, and I think back to Ward and I and all the things that maybe we thought, oh, we're going to do this with our family. And it just didn't happen that way. Or Melissa, like you were saying how some of your traditions have, you know, kind of waned off and you've replaced them with new ones. And Joe knows that as your 
your family grows, Mm -hmm. you adapt and things change. And so probably one of the sweetest things, um, we've done a lot of the things that you guys have mentioned already, but I have, for a wedding gift, I received a Christmas memories book. And I don't know if you guys have seen that before, but it just has a little book that has little questions in it. And it's like, what was your favorite Christmas card? What was, what did you guys eat for Christmas dinner? You know, what presents, what were the presents you received that you loved. So over the years, we have kept, I'm now in my second book. And so it kind of goes along with the memories. You know, traditions really create memories. And that's why we're doing them and why we want to continue on with the things that Ward and I, um, our families did. And so it's really fun when we look back through those books, we pull them out every Christmas, and we get to go back to when the kids were little, and we did the birthday cake for Jesus. And, you know, they were so excited to decorate the cake. Well, we haven't done a birthday cake for Jesus in a long time because now we make it and one's not eating sugar and the right. other one's like, oh, I can't have carbs or gluten. And, you know, so life has changed. They're less fun now is what you're saying. <laughs> exactly. We're all old and adults. But now that Drew's here, we might bring back the birthday cake Absolutely. for Jesus. But that Christmas memories book, I think has been something and I've been faithful to keep up with that and put pictures in it every year, not just a Christmas card, but pictures from that Christmas. Christmas. And so that is really sweet. And I think too, just the memories that we create with our family helps us to look back to the generations that have come before. And Chad, like at church, it was a perfect time for him to give that message yesterday because it made me think for the Weeby family, one of the verses that we have is Psalm 145, four, which is one generation shall declare your works to the next. And so I think those kind of things when you create memories, no matter what they are, and if they change, that's fine. Um, you're just trying to remember the past and where you've come from and what traditions like the Luke 2, Ward's grandfather would always read it. And, you know, my grandfather would. And so now we get to do that, too. So. Well, I love that comment. Uh, traditions create memories. And isn't that what we want to do as families is pass the baton of the good things of Christmas on to our children so they can pass it to theirs? Exactly. So, and then I will say one of our newest traditions that we do now that my kids are older for probably about the last 15 years. So we don't, you know, we've done the ornaments on Christmas Eve and that kind of thing that commemorated a fun adventure the family did. But as we... um things changed. We had a friends of the family move to town. And so we started a fondue party on Christmas Eve. So we, um, with now we have siblings and they have, you know, or they have spouses and we all get together. And so we go to this other family's house on Christmas Eve and we bring, we have multiple fondue pots and we set up the whole house and it's probably about a three hour process, but we sit and we tell old stories. We've known this couple since before we We were both married. And so, and their kids have grown up with our kids. And so it is so fun. We get together now and reminisce with this family and have fondue after Christmas Eve service on um, Christmas Eve. So that's probably one of our newest traditions that we've done. That's so fun. So. It's a great idea. That is really, really. I think neat. I've had New Year's Eve fondue at your house too. <laughs> yes. We, when we skipped it for yes. Christmas Eve, we did it on New Year's Eve. Yes. Works either way. Mm-hmm. Beth Ann. I think just being around Beth Weeby would be enough to make Christmas in the house yes. unbelievable. I think so, too. Just having her there would be plenty. Yes, I agree. So Kat Hampson, Chad, and Keith and Karen have made Case 7 
famous. Uh, the kids at K-7 love that camp. And Cat has been a big part of that for, I guess, a couple of decades or so. Cat, talk about Christmas at the Hamps house. I was asking my kids as well, just knowing this conversation was going to happen, what some of their favorite traditions are. I just wanted to see what stuck out to them. And a lot of them had the same answers, um, which was kind of fun, same answers that I would give. And so to know that they are like realizing those are meaningful and traditions for our family is fun. One Something that I grew up with and was a really big deal was all decorating the Christmas tree together and pulling out all the ornaments and talking about the memories that go along with them. And so we give our kids an ornament every Christmas to try to symbolize something from that year that they have done or been a part of or has been a big deal to them. And so um, those go in the, the ornament box for them. And so it's really fun to all get those out, at least to most of us. The boys, maybe not as much, <laughs> not so excited, but we still do it. And um, it's really fun to just remember and reminisce why they got this ornament or what this means or this trip that we went on. And another another part of our Christmases that is, yeah, has never been any different is traveling. We early in our marriage decided to see both of our families on over Christmas. Um, Christmas is a big deal to to both sides of our families. And so we have always made the trek um, down to Arkansas for Christmas Eve. And then Christmas Day, we go to Illinois. And um, we used to not even go home. Um, once our kids got a little older and, and kind of knew what was happening, we're like, we went Christmas morning in our home for them to wake up. Um, and so we started coming home on Christmas Eve night, and then we'll wake up Christmas morning, do our family breakfast and open presents, and then we head to Illinois. So sometimes it feels really crazy, definitely not like restful. Um going to all those places, but it is really sweet to get to see everyone. And I think our kids love it. Like they don't, they don't know any different. So yeah, that's, our family <laughs> refers to that as the grand family tour. And that's what we did every Christmas, the grand family tour. And we would stop in about three cities through Kansas and Missouri yeah. and did the grand family tour. And we have great fond memories of hey, those too. Hey, so. hey gang, in one of the funnest things about getting a little older, seeing the cousins Yes. And how much the cousins like each other. Yes. That's yeah, and it makes I just, it so oh, worth it. I was really overtaken by that. When the cousins get together, what an incredible party they have. Yes. That's that so has true. been really fun to watch. And over the grand the years. family tour lends to that. Yes. 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 So that's always a fun thing. We a couple of years ago started reading through the Gospel of Luke um in December because there's twenty-four chapters. So if you do a chapter a day, it'll take you through until Christmas Eve, which has been a fun thing to start as, as they've gotten a little bit older. But yeah, there's pajamas on Christmas Eve. There's um, candy making with grandmas and things like that as well. The Hamps family, as you can tell in their children, is a very Christ-focused family. And I love, uh, Kat, that you're bringing 
deep into our roots as we listen to Christmas traditions, how important the Word of God is. Right. And just the encouragement. Like, it takes a lot of effort to pack up your family and go see your extended family. But again, I think you're just creating such anchoring memories for your kids, which is awesome. Well, Rachel, bring us home. Tell us about the Sparks family's Christmas tradition. Well, this is so fun to go last because I've gotten to hear what everybody else has said. And honestly, there's a lot of things that were mentioned that the Sparks family does too. And I've been inspired. We might add some new traditions this year. Um, But I'm also sitting here thinking, I want to speak to that mom out there that the holidays can be a little bit much sometimes too. And I think mamas feel the pressure that we have to make these special moments and we have to, you know, have the perfect cookies and do all these traditions and move the elf on the shelf and have the beautiful tree. And, you know, it's fun. I think most of the things that have been mentioned here today weren't like huge efforts or hour long processes. They were things that happen naturally and even organically. And as I got to talk to my kids about what we do as well, it wasn't even a lot of the things that I felt like I put a ton of effort into that they remembered. It was just being together and enjoying each other. So for that mama out there that's like, oh my goodness, how do I do this? I would say just be together. Just pull your people close. Enjoy each other. And traditions are going to be born out of that for sure. So in saying that, um, we can kind of give each other all a break too. And the mamas out there that you don't have to go to tons of effort. It can just be sweet to be together. So yeah, I, I love so many of these traditions. We, I think one of my favorites that we do as the Sparks family, is we have a memory tree and like a pretty tree. So um, I got my pretty tree. I get to decorate that one. That's the... (laughs) No kids allowed. That is the coordinated one. And then we have our memory tree and we all decorate that one together. In fact, every year the kids compete of who gets to put the star on top. And we usually... I try to take a picture of who did the star last year so I can go back Mm -hmm. and reference that of who gets to put the star on top. But it's filled with the pre school ornaments that they came home with. And then I also give my kids an ornament each year because a a wise woman told me when I first got married that when you get married, you don't have a lot of ornaments. So I'll package up all my kids' ornaments and send them off with them for their tree someday. So it's an ornament to represent their year. And then also memories of like we went on a vacation and we'll get an ornament from that. So I've labeled them all and we'll go through and say, oh, remember when we went to Disney or remember this ski trip? Um, Even things that were big in our family when we got our puppy or whatever, they all have little ornaments on the tree. So that's really fun to go back and just, um, they get more excited about it than I even do. Um, So that, I love our memory tree. That's really fun. And our traditions have changed a lot through the years. They look different when our kids were a little bitty than they do now. And it's fun to watch the traditions even morph. So one of my other favorite things is we always did a Jesse tree. A Jesse tree comes from Isaiah 11, where it talks about that there will be a shoot from the tree of Jesse, which was a prophecy towards Jesus coming again. And so there's a lot you can Google. There's a lot of versions out there, but it's just daily readings that you walk through in December that basically go from the beginning and creation all the way up through Jesus's family tree and all the prophecy that pointed towards him coming. I loved when it was little. I think there 
were times that my kids were like, why during Christmas are we reading about creation? But it was fun to point them towards how the Bible is one cohesive story and the Old Testament worked its way and pointed towards Jesus coming all the way up until his birth. Um, and so we had little ornaments that every day when we would read that part from the Jesse tree, that we would read that version and then put that onto the tree. Um, and they all came from the Jesus Storybook Bible, which was my favorite Bible when my kids were really little. So that was one of our favorite traditions. It's morphed a little bit. We don't exactly do the Jesse tree anymore, um, but we do get to still do a lot of those readings and talk about the Bible pointing towards pointing towards Jesus. And then um, another one of my favorite traditions that a lot of us all do here too, our town has the Adoration Parade. It is the sweetest. It's just a little Branson hometown parade. They light the nativity, which I love getting to tell my kids that is kind of rare for a town to still do that. But um, we will always pack up mugs of hot chocolate and um, go to the Adoration Parade and then usually have chili um, back at our house afterwards with some friends or things like that. So we've, we've got, you know, other traditions too. Actually, my husband's birthday is, um, right in front of Christmas. It's on the 22nd. And so we always celebrate that. He asked for tamales. It's a Texas tradition. We always have tamales on Christmas Eve or on his birthday right around there. So that's just not, not a meaningful tradition, but just a fun tradition for our family. Um, yeah. And then we, we have Christmas PJs and the Christmas tree pickle. We Hide ours in the tree, and whoever finds it on Christmas morning gets to open the first Christmas gift. And then, Rachel, we also do gingerbread house contests, but on my side of the family, tradition was started. Maybe you should add this, but on New Year's, um, we have had a couple of New Year's when we've been together, we blow up the oh, gingerbread oh, house. <laughs> the boys, the boys will put fireworks in them. So, anyway, meaning, fun, gathering. Um, some just really silly things too. And I can't say that when they started, it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Um, but they just started. And now it's really fun memories that our family can gather around. Sounds like we better get Christmas. That's right. Sounds like we better get Christmas. So, uh, Bethann, every time I think about the gift that God gave Luke to tell the story, um, you know, um, that big old lump just comes right back up in my throat. Mm -hmm. And um, as we close today, uh, together, our little group of moms are going to share the Christmas story one more time with you. Now, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths, and she laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. 
And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which shall be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then, to see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all of these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, just as had been told them. And so, Bethan, as we close in prayer today and reflect about the good things in life, the best things in life, and certainly the birth of our Savior is at the top of the list. Every day when I charge onto the field in the summertime at K2 football, I always say, this is the best day of the year except for Christmas and Easter. <laughs> and certainly uh, it is. But I just have to say, uh, Bethann, as, you know, as an older guy, how much I respect uh, the ladies sitting around this table. And I wish that everyone listening to this sweet little podcast could know the ladies who make Kanakuk happen. These women are literally handpicked by Jesus to put up with a pretty hectic life and a life where everybody works really, really hard day after day after day to make this ministry happen. There are no finer uh, women on the face of the earth than you, Bethann, and the other ladies who make and a cuck happen around this table. Would you close us in prayer? Lord, thank you for just such a sweet time to gather, um, God, and to, to learn from each other and to be encouraged by all these wonderful and fun traditions. And God, we pray that in this season that we would truly look ahead um, and that we would also look back and remember, um, God, that you sent your son, Jesus, so that we might know him and be in right relationship with you. And God, we pray for every family family out there listening that during this time um, that they would have opportunity to pull in close together, Lord, to enjoy conversation and laughter um, and worshiping you as the King. So God, would you bless these families during this holiday season and would you help us to keep you at the center of it all? It's in your name we pray. Amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you hadn't had the chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canicutpodcast.com. And for more information about Canicuck, you can visit canicuck.com.